Hey, what's up guys? Chad Hermanson here with Metal Edge Training Coach. Today I'll be talking with Chris Martinez. Chris is a local product out here in Las Vegas. He has taught, he has coached, he has done many things out here in the Las Vegas area. He helps coach the club team, the Southern Nevada Bulls. That's had some great success out here. So enjoy this conversation with Chris Martinez. Hey, what's up, Chris? How's it going, man? I'm doing well, Chad. How you been? I'm doing well. Doing well. We're uh, well. We're in the middle of July right now. Uh, still in somewhat COVID lockdown. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, you're a you're a, a teacher at Centennial High School in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, let's let's maybe start there. You know, you, you mentioned we've been talking a little bit before about uh, when the first time we met, uh, you were a coach at Arborview High School in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I coached just one year in high school. It was at Bishop Gorman. Uh, my best friend was Nick, is Nick Day. We yeah, grew up absolutely. together, right? He's the head coach at this at this time. I'm gonna let you tell the story about maybe the rivalry between Gorman and Arborview that year. Yeah, you know, so that was 2012. So I think that was my third year as a head coach there, and. Um, you know, my first year, I guess, kind of going, or my second year going back, you know, we had a very young, young team. We had, I think we had one senior in 2011. And uh, that year we struggled. We didn't make the playoffs. Um, but we started three freshmen, three sophomores. And it was just a time of, you know, it, it, it was a very trying year. You know, for me, being my second year as a head coach, not really knowing what to do yet, I guess. Um so we watched them develop for that year, played a really heavy, you know, senior or, uh, or summer and fall um, schedule. And, um, you know what, I think that really helped us, you know, moving into that 2012 year. Um, you know, we, we played the best we possibly could um, and, and kids learned adversity. So when we get into that 2012 year before, before we get into that region almost championship game with Bishop Gorman, um, you know, I, I mean, I still go back. I still, you know, coaching even today, I still bring this up. Our first day of intramurals in October, you know, we had every, every single kid show up in the program, which in high school with club, you know, baseball pretty heavy now and other sports. I mean, it, it was rare. Yeah. And just watching that group when they showed up that first day, I remember looking at our coaches like, you know, just something's different. You know, we, we had some talent. Don't get me wrong. We had a lot of talent. Um, but, you know, just the way they showed up that day, it kind of carried over. Um, had a really good year. I mean, we had a 17 game, 19 game, I think it was a 19 game win streak um, up until we got to the playoffs and uh, confidence was through the roof. And, uh, you know, we get to that first game of the playoffs, um, played Sierra Vista and we kind of reverted back, you know, we played scared. I mean, I don't know what it was. They were confident all year. Um, you know, we ended up sneaking out a win. And then getting, getting to Bishop Gorman, which at the time, I don't remember what you, you guys were ranked number one or two or five all, all year you guys were ranked you know pretty heavy um you look at that lineup that had joey gallo in there you know blasco catch and roper uh seawald i mean just i mean it's it was loaded you yeah. know so we, we get there and um zach quintana pitched for us that day who was a third rounder for us and you know he he, he wanted the ball the whole year he's like coach when we get gorman i want the ball i want the, you're not taking me out i don't care what you do 
Um, I'm not coming out of that game. And, um, yeah, still remember, man. I mean, it was – we were down three. I think we were down three in the fifth or the sixth inning. And you want to talk about everything going our way. And I think, you know, we had first and second. Um, we, had, we hit into a routine ground ball to third base. Joey Gallup, you know, big leader, fields it. Don't know how this happened. Never seen this before in my life. Throws the ball to roll double play and hits a runner in the helmet. Yeah. You know, somehow, you know, everybody's safe. Right. Uh, next hitter is swinging bunts, you know, stays fair on the third base line. You know, we score one. We have a little chopper here. Um, Zach Quintana, who was pitching that day, ended up clearing the bases with a double. Um, you know, so we end up taking the lead going into the last inning. And then here, here comes Gorman again. Like, you just, you never, they, they were always there. I mean, you, there was nothing you could do. And uh, ends up two outs, guy on third base. Um, Quintana, I don't even know what pitch he was on that time, at, at that particular, you know, uh, facing Jarrell Latham, you know, another BYU guy. Um, our, our catcher clanks a fastball. I mean, just a fat, I don't know, I just flat out booted it, just missed it flat out. You know, kicks off the backstop. Um, you know, we flip, catch and tag, close play at the plate. I mean, I, I still think he's out. Um, you know, 99% of everyone else who sees some of the videos and whatnot um, thinks he's safe. But, uh, you know, we're able to, to hold him off. And, um, you know, we end up winning. And, you know, th that moment right there, I think as a coach, was one of the most exciting things for me. Not just so much that, you know, we beat Bishop Gorman or, or a win that day, but just to see the kids' reactions of, man, all the hard work they did and, and to see how much they believed that whole year that they, that they belonged. You know, not just – um, no, we, we got a game scheduled. It's like, no, we can go do this. And, uh, you know, after the game, you know, our kids, you know, uh, you know, pumped up, excited, had a little, one of our kids got a little bit too excited, ran his mouth a little bit. And, you know, then I'm thinking in my head, oh gosh, don't blow this. Don't get into a brawl right now. <laughs> Suspended. And then, you know, it, it's, it's all over. But you know, I, I, you know, break it up a little bit and, you know, and then we, we got to play Gorman again, and Gorman came, you know, beating Gorman once, you know, was tough to do. Beating him twice, you know, it's, you know, they're a great ball club. I mean, that's, you know, running all the state championships they had, and especially that year, they were very talented. But, you know, to, we ended up losing a real tough game region championship in eight innings, two to one to them. You know, we kind of ran out of gas, and, you know, they went on to, uh, you know, compete well at state. So, um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, that's, one, that's one of my highlights, one of my memories. Um you know, seeing that group now, I mean, still, still keeping in contact with, you know, a handful of those kids and, you know, some are once coaching that DO and, and some are, you know, successful, you know, a couple are, you know, getting to the police academy and uh, our center fielder, PJ Gonzalez, has just gotten UNLV medicine, you know, he's going to be a doctor. So, so we had a really good, it's, it's a rare group. I mean, you, you, I mean, I know you only coached that one year, but you've been around kids and, and you see it so much that, you know, it's, it's a rare group. You don't get those too often. Yeah. Well, so so we'll back up back to that game. So this game was at Bishop Gorman. Yeah. And to kind of maybe give a bigger perspective. So Joey Gallo, this is his senior year. Yep. Uh, this is a playoff game. He's he's projected to go in the first round, mm -hmm. and there there was at least thirty four. There could have been forty plus scouts there. It was absolutely. You know, it was big. People are everywhere. So I'm coaching first base uh, during this game. We we kind of switch off. And I happen to be coaching first base um, at the la that last play of the game where there's a play at home plate and you win the game, it's over. Our guys, it, our, the Gorman players are, are 
are screaming and yelling because they think he's out, right? And then you guys are hooting and hollering and excited because you just won. So I'm, I'm, as a first base coach, I'm walking down the line and I start to see some of our players looking at your players and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like the eye contact, right? Emotions are high. So now they start chirping at each other. So the next thing I know is myself, Nick Day, Chris Latham, uh, we have Ben Rosenthal and Mike Nanini. We're trying to get our players and go back because we're about, these guys are about to brawl, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They're ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Zach was fired up, right? He was, yep. he, he wanted to, to do some damage. Yeah. And um, yeah. so, yeah, it was, uh, th- there's not many high school games that have that type of intensity. Um, yeah. I think it happens in, in a, a playoff state games where those, uh, you know, if you're in Vegas, you know, everyone knows if you're not, if you're not a part of Gorman, you want to beat them really bad. Absolutely. Right. They're, they're the big Absolutely. team. Um, they, you know, quote, recruit, whatever it is, whatever, you know, what, whatever Gorman does that, that, that the non-Gorman parents did really dislike, <laughs> you could say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just remember all that, you know, tr- basically breaking up fights and I'm, and it kind of sucked because that turned into, you know, usually after every game, you shake hands, the teams walk sure. through, you know, basically the courteous thing to do. Yeah. And, and I, 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 and some of our coaches saw like, this is not going to happen. I'm just like, go down the line, just get <laughs> down the line. Cause this ain't going to be good. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So it yeah. was, it, it was interesting. Yeah, no, that honestly, I mean, it's, uh, it's hard too, you know, and, and you said it perfectly. It's, you know, it, it was a great game. I mean, it was one of the, it was just a fantastic game. Ton of scouts there, um, emotions high. I mean, you hate to see that, that at the end of a game, something like that. And that's what, you know, a, a memory pops up because that's, that's so, so I get all the time. You guys remember me, you know, brawl, we didn't brawl Gorman. Let me explain, you know? So, I mean, that's one of the first things that pops up all the time. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a well-played game. And, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, they, they came back and, you know, were able to, you know, beat us twice in, in the region championship and move on. And, um, you know, it's one of those years though, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I talked to Nick Day about this too, right after Nick was, Nick was awesome. Stand-up guy called me after said, Hey, you know, congratulations, great year. Um, but it was uh, state was up uh, North that year. So yeah. only one team from our region got to advance and, you know, there was no playoff play in game that year. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, just the way, you know, crumbled, but, you know, when I look back, you know, even at Arborview, I mean, that group went 32 and six, um, you know, got to play a lot of good baseball and that it, it was an amazing group of kids, you know, re- really, really good group of kids that year. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, Zach Intana went on to be a third round pick that year. Yeah. Uh, Joey Gallo was ended up being, I believe, a supplement pick, um, probably yeah. could have been a top 15 pick if things worked out correctly for him. Um, and we know where, we, we know where Joey's gone. Uh, Zach played a quite a few years in the in the Meyer leagues. Yeah, and that's and then, you know that's the, you know a lot, a lot of college athletes you know from both yeah. sides there too, Division ones and junior college guys. And that's one thing I think everybody forgets is you know I mean I don't know how many home runs Gallo hit in high school that year, twenty whatever it was. It was something ridiculous. Um, but I know he didn't pitch at all that whole year. You know, and, until he faced us in that region championship and. You know, he comes in out of nowhere throwing 97, 98, 99. It's like yeah. our, our kids are looking at me. I, I heard he hit 100. He, he might it, have hit 100. There's, yeah, scout had him, one, one scout had him hit 100. So in high school now. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, high school and, 
you know, I'm coaching third and I'm watching this first pitch. I'm like, I mean, it looked like a golf ball coming out of his hand when I'm coaching third. And I'm, I'm looking at our hitters, like just confident at bats. And, you know, luckily he spun a curveball, hit one of our kids and we had a chance and we put ourselves in position. And then, you know, he reached back and topped out at 98, 99, 100, whatever it was. And it's, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Impressive. Good luck with that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, foul it off, do something, get on the plate. I don't care. You know, just find yeah. a way. Yeah. So, so you spent a few years coaching at Arborview, and yeah. you, you've been coaching the Southern Nevada Bulls uh, sure, club team absolutely. here for a while. Tell us about uh, how that all started for you. Yeah. So that was um, it. Kind of stemmed from a good friend of mine, Rick Berry. Um, Rick Berry was an old. Uh, not he's not old. He'll get he'll get mad when when he hears me say that he's old. <laughs> um, he uh, he you know he he had his an older son who played at Durango, and they had a club team going. You know, this is a long, long time ago. And I think they were called the Toros or whatever it was. So the Southern Nevada Bulls, where that came from, was in uh, 2009. It took over Arborview. That was my first, you know, job over there. I was getting ready to start Legion. Uh, the administrators were, were awesome. You know, hey, do what you need to do for the summer. You know, we'll support you. Um, they just said, we just don't want you to, you know, names can't be Arborview and they can't be Aggies. And I'm like, okay. And I, I, I was, I, at the time, I was like, okay, what's an Aggie? I didn't even know what an Aggie yeah. was. Well, it's a bull. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we'll be the Southern Nevada Bulls. So that's kind of where the name came from. Uh, you know, we use our, you know, our Legion teams, you know, under that name. Um, so I stopped coaching. My last year of coaching in Arborview was the, I guess it would have been the summer of 2013. Um, it was a year we graduated, you know, 13 seniors. That group stayed together. We ended up winning the Connie Mack State title that year. Went to Seattle in the regional. Um, so that's, that's when I had stepped down and I, you know, got in touch with Rick Berry and we talked and I'm like, you know what, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to coach high school, but what if we get something going, um, kind of started in my head. Um, actually my old, my old, uh, agent, Kevin Kohler, a guy who coached with me as well at Arborview, um, you know, he had done stuff in the past and, uh, he talked to me about it a little bit and we were actually in St. George, I guess the initial conversation came up in St. George, we were playing Desert Hills High School. Um, at Dixie State and uh, looking at some of the Desert Hills guy Dylan File who's actually in I think he ended up in double A AA or triple A this year uh, with Milwaukee yeah uh, you know he's he was there you know so we, we we got a real good group together in the fall um, you know and and we just kind of kept it going from there so we had our 18U going it turned into a summer club that kept going with some college kids that came back um, went back and played, you know, in a, in a we, didn't, we weren't in a collegiate league, but we were able to play a lot of collegiate games, um, you know, through Lake Havasu and Fresno and San Luis Obispo, Southern California. Um, teams would come out and play us, whatever it was. So we kept that going. Um, then it kind of transformed into a, a younger group, which with my son, who's a 2022 grad this year. Um, so he, he started off playing club ball when he, when he was a young kid. You know, with Dave Risky was one of his coaches, Nick Garitano. Um, you know, so he was surrounded by good guys and, uh, we live out in, uh, the Northwest part of Vegas and, you know, we were, we were traveling to the end, uh, pretty, pretty far. My wife was pregnant at the time. So we ended up, you know, taking that younger group, some of the kids from our side, uh, and we just kind of kept it going and, you know, it's, it's blown up pretty good. I mean, over the last, gosh, going on 10, 11 years, I mean, you know, we, we have three, four, five, six teams, you know, all the time and. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, a lot of, you know, college kids, um, or a lot of kids in our program were able to, 
you know, play at a next level. Not not because of us or whatever, but we just gave them an opportunity to go out and play and, and get them around, you know, other kids from, you know, Southern Utah and Las Vegas. We had a lot of kids out of, out of St. George, Utah um, come join us as well. And, you know, then they have a blast. You know, we try to get into as many bigger tournaments as we possibly can and, you know, try to get them in front of coaches. And, and that's one of the big thing I think that, you know, I, I try to talk to them about mostly is, you know, just try to be honest with the kids. You know, I mean, that's kind of the big word and it's been the big word for the last couple of years is, hey, we got to get exposure. We got to be seen. And, you know, we're, we're you know, we, we just try, I try to be honest with them. You know, if you if you throw 74 miles an hour, and you want to go to all these exposures, you're going to be exposed that you throw 74 miles an hour. You know, not that you're you're not a good player, just right now, you know, just be cognitive of, of, of where you're at. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's taken off pretty good. And, um, you know, we, you know, we're, we're still kind of bouncing all over the place, you know, playing as much as we can. And, um, you know, coaching high school, it's kind of, you know, deterred some of it as much as we could possibly do. And, um, you know, baseball in Las Vegas and, you know, even Southern Utah, all in our surrounding area, I mean, it's it's extremely competitive. I mean, yeah. it's extremely competitive right now, and um, it's fun. You know, I mean, we always try to play the best we can, you know, win, lose, whatever. But, you know, we want to put ourselves and the kids in a position that they can, you know, you know, be around the best players so for them they can kind of see this is where I'm at and, and uh, you know, go out and compete against them. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. I know I participate in the on the club scene when I can. Uh, my my son's just a year older than yours, so we we yeah. play in the CBA. It's called yeah. CBA Summit, which is a mixture of Vegas kids and St. George and Salt Lake kids. Yeah. Um, so we're in the process of Arizona's been shut down again. You know, so it's the, the only thing that's even available to go to is up in Southern Utah or in Salt Lake. Um, yeah. So we get you know tournaments coming up through there. Um, so you, you've also mentioned that you you deal with um, not only baseball players but some cross country players. So, sure. but let, let's kind of dive into like the mental side of maybe both of these sports. What do you see the the correlation between those two? Yeah, it's um, you know. So first off, you know, I, I got into cross country where you know administrator came to me and we were sitting there talking and. Um, you know, about, you know, coaching cross country. I mean, and I, and I got in late and I, and I told him honestly, I said, I, I don't know anything about cross country. I, I don't run. I didn't run, you know, so, um, you know, at Centennial High School, they, they had a, had a pretty good history, you know, up, up until about, oh, they still do, but, you know, going into it and uh, I go out there my first day, you know, it's boys and girls and I've, I've never coached girls in my life. Right. Um, and I go out there and I'm just sitting there watching and I'm like, no, these, these guys are running four, five, six, seven minutes or, or seven miles and, and they're fine. They like, it, you know, so my first year kind of just, it was more of sitting back and just kind of, uh, you know, watching the whole, the whole thing unfold, you know, going to races. I, I'll be honest, my first race, I had no idea what I was, I had zero idea what to do. I didn't know how, how kids were supposed to line up, how many ran. I mean, I was, you know, as green as can be. Um, but, you know, from 2015 to 19, you know, I really started learning a lot. You know, it, it, it takes a lot when it's 110 degrees outside. You guys, you got five miles. You know, you got no water. Come back and get it done. And, and I was able to really kind of tie in, you know, baseball um, with running or cross country. Not just those two sports, but with all sports. Um, you know, the one thing with that I kind of really kind of fell down or or, or you know, I guess discovered, I should say, is like pre preparing a runner is like preparing a pitcher. 
I mean, it's it's 100% the same. So when I'm looking at it right now, you know, our, our cross-country kids, they're getting, you know, two months of, you know, mileage and just time, you know. So the way, I, you know, we kind of relate that to baseball is, you know, this is their long, you know, as a pitcher, hey, you got a few months to play and catch, get an arm in shape before you get off the mound. You know, this is your long pass phase, you know. Yeah. Um, and then as we get closer to the season, you know, we, we don't go as hard as heavy. You know, we do a little bit more, you know, quick work, I should say. And um, that's like, you know, pitchers getting off a mound, throwing bullpens and, you know, spinning some breaking balls and, and getting a fill. Um, and then, you know, just like you would before a race or, a, you know, you're pitching, you're going to kind of go easy and get yourself ready. Um, you know, the mental side of, of running to be able to be out, you know, you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's easy when everybody's there watching it. It's easy to do. You know, when you're finishing, you're starting, everybody's there. It's really easy to do. It's when you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's no one there but you. You know, that's that's where we really try to spend some time and talk to our kids. So we we, we talk to our kids a lot more, um, you know, sometimes in the actual run about, hey, you know, what do you what are you thinking right now? How do you feel um, when you feel like you can't do it? What makes you give, you know, and you know, dealing with with, with the kids right now, um, boys and girls. And honestly, I mean, I got to say, it, I mean, girls are tough as nails. I mean, they, they are, you know, tough as nails when, when um, they're they're a little bit, you know, different than the boys, you know, than you would see them, you know, hanging out, but, you know, they're, they're tough kids. And, um, you know, the male part of, you know, that I can't do it, I can't do it. And, you know, just watch them, you know, have that confidence of wherever it is um, to get to the point that they can, you know, do anything, you know, on a run or, or whatever it is. It's really neat to see, you know, we, we do a lot of, uh, we, we do a lot of, you know, you know, runs that, hey, you guys, right now, all you're going to do is talk to yourself. You know, guys, I want you guys to have a normal conversation like like you and I are talking right now. Like, that's that's where you should be. You know, that's going to be one of your longer runs. You know, the whole point of that is is to really try to keep them relaxed. You know, and that's, and that's the biggest thing is of just keeping them as relaxed, carefree, and, and, and fun as you possibly can. Um, baseball is the same way. I mean, and, I mean, everybody said it. I mean, it's, it's such a true fact. I mean, you fail more than you're going to succeed, you know, and I think, you know, with, with baseball running, whatever sport it is, it, it's such a, you know, uh, I want a result right now, you know, society that we're in, you know, well, I went to the cage once, so now I should go four for four that next time. Well, it doesn't work. <laughs> like and, It'd be nice um, if it worked that way, right? <laughs> awesome if, if that was that easy. Um, but, you know, we really, you know, we give them, you know, we talk to them all the time about, you know, hey, these goals right here that you have, um, you know, they're going to take a year sometimes to accomplish, you know, and there's baby steps along the way. And, you know, the days you don't feel good, um, you know, the days you're struggling, but you can get up at five in the morning and you're running by 6 a.m. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, um, trying to teach them to win those battles, you know, with, with themselves, you know, and, and as small as it is of, um, being able to wake up at 5 a.m. and show up to practice, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, you've already accomplished something for yourself that day. Um, you've already won half the battle. You know, then the run and everything else that you do along the way, um, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's that's just a bonus, you know. So I, I think we really sent more, um, you know, small, you know, goals that turn into these big, long goals as we go. Is And I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, you know, just from more of a pitching background for me, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, what, you know, you, you, there's some days you feel horrible on you. I mean, breaking ball might not work. You can't, you know, locate this. You have no run on your fastball. I mean, you don't know what's going on. 
And uh, I, I think the one thing that, you know, we've, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of really good coaches, playing for a lot of good coaches. And um, one thing I learned is, you know, when, when, when you're on the mound, you might not feel good. You know, that's just time to get it done. You know, so we, we preach a lot with practice, with baseball, with, with running. And then when you're out, when you're out in the race and you got, you know, 400 other people in your race, you just go run. You know, when you're on the mound, you go get it done, have a plan and go execute. Um, but I think that's, that's the biggest thing that for us, you know, like, you know, running wise, you know, baseball wise is, um, you know, making them just beat those small little, you know, daily goals. You know, like I said, waking up, um, you know, we, we joke around with our kids all the time. I mean, they're, they're 115 pounds. I mean, they're, they're tiny kids, they're six feet, um, whatever they are. But, you know, the one thing that, you know, we joke around with them quite a bit about is, you know, I mean, you, you got to control the diet. I mean, as, as funky as that is and as weird as that sounds, I mean, you got to have enough self-determination that, you know, you're not going to drive by Taco Bell, um, you know, after a practice, after you just had a lot of work and, and, and go eat 10 tacos, you know, that you're going to bed early. So getting them, it, it takes a while for them to do it. Um, you know, we, we've had a very good, you know, and I know that's another big word around right now is culture. Um, yeah. We've had an amazing culture of group. Um, you know, even before I got there, I mean, there was, you know, two state championships on the boys' side before. Girls had just won one. And, um, you know, in the last five years, we've, we've, you know, between the boys and girls, we've been able to be, you know, have, you know, you know six state championships, um, you know, as we've moved on. And it's not so much that, you know, like I joke with the kids all the time, hey, I'm not, I'm not running. I, I ain't racing. I'm not running for you. Um, you know, this is something that you guys have created. <laughs> And, um, you know, go with it, you know, and they hold each other accountable. Um, and I think that's been one of the biggest, um, you know, influences in our program is, you know, the kids really do hold each other accountable. The kid's not there. Um, I don't have to say a word. They're, they're calling them and, you know, they're making sure that kid's getting a run in. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's been the really, the, the biggest thing that's taken, you know, from the, the cross country aspect um, over the edge. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that's a totally different world um, in regard. To, I, I, people ask me all the time, like, why do you play baseball? It's like, because I only have to run to the outfield and just stand there, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. You know, and honestly, the kids ask me the same thing. Ask if I'm going to do the warm. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll run 90 feet um, to the pitcher's mound and, and to the dugout, but that's it. But we have, we have a guy um, who's been with us for a few years now that he, he does Ironman you know, competitions, and, and he loves it, you know, he'll, he'll ride his bike, you know, 90, 100 miles, and I'm just like, dude, what, what are you doing, like, how, how is this fun, you know, but he's, he's got to that point where, you know, he's a little guy, he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, 100 pounds, maybe, um, but he's like, you know what, he goes, he goes, I, I, he goes, this is what I want to do, he goes, no one's going to tell me I can't do it, it's me against the world, and, and I'm going to go beat it, and then, so that's been a real huge addition to you. But I mean, I agree with you 100%. I didn't even want to run to the outfield. That was, that was too far for me. I mean, I was fortunate to play third base in high school and run to the dugout and to the pitcher's mound. And that, that, that was good enough for me. Right. Yeah, I was like, maybe I should go play some, do bowling or something like that, you know. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I know with conditioning, that's a whole different ball game. I know with uh, pitchers, you know, they, if you're a pitcher that, you know, running poles, um, doing your long distance work, doing your sprints, you know, that's all part yeah. of the process of, of becoming what you want to become. And you can certainly tell for those kids that lack off, you know, and they, I'm going to maybe the coach isn't looking, so I'm going to skip this one. Um, yep. You start, you start to see that kind of balance and even out. And 
And those players that are actually continuing to do that work, they actually start to surpass um, those players. And then those players wonder why, well, how come he's passing me? Oh, cause you're, you're not, you're not putting the work in. Absolutely. No. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing right there too, you know, baseball wise, especially in, um, you know, I mean, and, and you've seen it too. You get a lot of kids that are, you know, look like, you know, grown men have a beard in seventh grade and eighth grade and, you know, and they still, you know, a lot of them still, you know, do well as they go, but, you know, they've been, you know, the guy or, or whatever for so long that, um, you know, they, they do, they start taking some of the stuff for granted, not all of them, you know, but there's, there's some here and you get those, you know, late bloomers that all of a sudden they catch up and, you know, they work their tail off. And, and that's, that's one of the biggest things too, you know, I mean, baseball wise, you know, running wise, any sport wise, um, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's, you, you just got to outwork people, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I think uh, for us, we've been fortunate, you know, even at Centennial um, with baseball and, and with cross country, um, there's been a lot of guys and girls that have come through that, you know, that have a lot of talent. And, um, you know, I think us as coaches, I think the one big thing we've done is, you know, Hey, you, you got an opportunity, you know, I mean, there's four, four third basements, you know, who's going to work, who wants it, go get it. Um, you know, there's, you know, X amount of arms, 10, 11 arms, you know, and here's your opportunity, you know, who, who's going to go get it done. Yeah. Um, with running, I mean, we, we can run seven and, you know, we've, we've been 13, 14, you know, 15 deep that we've been, you know, able to put into a state race. And, you know, we, we have the kids run off against each other. We have them race in one of the division championships and, you know, who wants it more. And, and, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's, it's, it's the little things that nobody sees. I know a lot of people say that and it's so true. It's the little things that, that, that you know, nobody sees, you know, that you're doing, you know, that, that little extra, you know, step you're taking, or, you know, if you're, if you're not sprinting through that line, you kind of break down and, and, um, you know, running and, you know, even as a pitcher, I mean, not, I, you know, those are the two biggest things. I mean, I can kind of correlate it with is, um, you know, I mean, I knew, I knew how I felt, you know, I, I knew how I personally felt, but I, and, and for me, I wasn't the fastest. I didn't throw the hardest. Um, but I knew what I needed to do, you know, to, to be to that, you know, to get to that next level that I wanted to get to. And that's one of the biggest things we try to instill is, um, you know, just because we have a, you know, a 40 minute run, it's okay to do 41, 41 minutes, you know, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. we have, you know, whatever it is for core that day, you know, we got 20 pushups, let's say it's okay to do 21, you know? So I, that's the one thing we really try to instill on our kids. Um, and, you know, and, and, and it's, it's weird as it is, as kids that do 21 pushups or that one extra one, you know, come November when state comes, they're, they're you know, in the top of the state and they're, they're working the tail off and, and the results happen, you know, and that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, trying to instill into 14, 15, you know, 18 year old kids that you got to do a little bit more, even though you're good right now you got to do a little bit more. And, that, and that's the hardest thing to get them to believe in themselves that, you know, they're talented right now, but they could be better. Yeah. That, it just reminded me of that quote. It's, uh, you know, maybe paraphrasing a little bit, but it's you basically rise to your level of training, right? Absolutely. You're going to rise to that. It's hard to just flip the switch and just say, okay, I'm ready to go. You know, and you, and you haven't practiced, you haven't, you haven't practiced how you want to perform in the game and you just expect it to happen. You know, that, that's very difficult to do. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And, um, you know, it's, and, you know, I, I guess I've been around high school sports now for about 14 years. And, you know, for me, I mean, I, I think I got to learn, or it, it took me a while. I think being, you know, my first head coach job was at Arborview. Um, 
you know, for me, I, when I look at it now, my first year two, I, I don't think I was a good head coach. I think I knew the X's and O's, and I I, I knew what I should do, um, but I don't think I don't think I knew how to manage people. And I think that's the one thing that's really helped the programs, you know, looking at it um, as we went. And, and you know, I was able to play for you know Calvin Valvo at Cimarron High School, who's in the Hall of Fame here in the NIAA, hard nosed guy. Um, you know, wanted it a certain way, you know, demanded everything perfect. And, you know, I went to college at Dixie. Yeah. Um, from Mike Littlewood, who Mike's a pretty laid back guy, but, you know, he wants it a certain way and, and you've got to perform. So I felt that transition going from, you know, pretty hard nosed, you know, in your face guy to Coach Littlewood, who this is the expectations you're going to do it or you ain't going to play, really helped me. Um, playing for Rich Hill at University of San Diego. Um, who's another kind of eccentric guy, um, you know, <laughs> at the time, we didn't know, I mean, now it's kind of a little norm, um, but at the time, uh, we had meditation days, and, you know, we we're on the beach, you know, figuring out, counting sand, and how it's going to correlate, at the time, I'm like, well, what are we doing, um, but, you know, but there was always a message there, and, and he was another one that he saw so many small details, um, and, um, you know, all those coaches had those different personalities. So I think I was, I was fortunate to, to really play, uh, or to play for those guys. And that really helped me out as a coach. And then when I, when I got to Arborview, I mean, like I was just saying, I, I think I understood the game pretty well of the X's and O's of what to do. And I could see stuff, you know, at the high, at the, at the high school level, but I didn't know how to manage kids. You know, I was, you know, reverting back to this is how you're going to do it. And, you know, everybody's going to hit like this and everybody's going to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, Kevin Kohler, again, you know, guy was there. He's, he's like, you know, he, he, he called me out one day. I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? This is the only thing I know. He's like, no, he goes, this kid hits like this, let him be, you know, sit back and just watch him this summer and let him play. And, and that was, that was a big moment, you know, going from that, like we had talked about earlier, that 11 to 12 year where they took more swings or, or they did. I know that's, that helped, um, but they were so loose. They were loose. So they were confident. Um, and, and I think, really taking it that year for those next two years we had we had some good success we didn't get we didn't win a state championship but kind of taking that into that cross country year now which we've won five in the last five years um of just you know if you ever come out and watch our practice you see kids that are just loose and having fun and you know thinking about it you know now you know as a player or doing anything teaching i mean if you know if i'm tense or whatever i'm not going to be very good you know and and so we kind of really you know, incorporated that, and like we went, like I said earlier, the culture of the kids, and and just let them be who they are, and and you know, instead of us always having to say, hey, look, you need to do this, you have to do this, they hold each other accountable. You know, from our, our best, you know, runner to you know our bottom runners, um, everybody, you know, holds each other accountable, and it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, so the the culture was was. Is, is huge and, and I think that really helped me out as a coach you know when I like I said going back and looking at it you know the coaches I was able to play for very very good coaches all of them it took just the one guy to call me out and I had to really look myself in the mirror and I'm like oh gosh you know he, he's right you know that was that was a pretty big eye-opening day for me you know I think that's a big example of I truly believe that's why everybody needs a coach Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody needs another perspective, somebody that's outside of the box to say, hey, this is going on here. This is what I see while we're in this little bubble. going to be my way, my way, the highway. Right. But in possibly as a coach, we're creating interference 
right, in our players without even knowing it. Absolutely. Right. We're, we're, we're basically getting in the way of letting them go out to perform. Cause I, I agree with that too. The more that I've been around kids, you know, back in the day, it was always like, well, you got to treat everybody the same. And I totally disagree with that. Right. I think that everybody's got a different personality. They're going to relate to you differently. They come from different homes, different backgrounds and mom or dad talks to them differently than how you are. So they, sometimes they don't react to you, you know, different things like that. And once you kind of see that and you're kind of able to take a step back a little bit, like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even realize I'm doing that. Right. No, absolutely. And it, it is. It's, um, and, and that's the thing, too. And, and, and I like to sit back and, you know, I mean, and, and you said it perfectly. I mean, I still love, I love the one. You know, I think every year, every yeah. whatever baseball game, there's always something that I try to sit back and, and learn from. Again, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good guys, um, you know, even from my son's, you know, club team to, you know, whatever it is. And I always try to take something from everybody, you know, and, and how can I correlate that to what works for us? And if something's not working, how can we change it? Um, but being open-minded, I think, has been, you know, is it, huge as a player, um, as a coach, um, and, and not being afraid to change. And like yeah. I said, going back to that, you know, like, those first couple of years for me at Arbor, I wasn't going to change at all. This is how it's going to be. And we, we did okay, but, you know, it, it took a little bit to, you know, just for me to take a step back and, um, you know, get to a point where, you know, let's, let's figure out what these kids actually like. You know, I, and, and at those, my first two years, I didn't know the kids. I knew, I knew that they were showing up. I would write their lineup on who was hitting, who wasn't. Um, but you know, I think that's the one thing I, I really preach. Even right now, early we're, we're getting barely started across country right now. We don't start till the end of August with races early September. Um, this first month, I mean, I just spend as much time with a new kid every day, or a couple new kids, or even the returners, and just get to know them. I mean, that's the biggest thing: get to know them. We we, we try to kind of create that. You know what? We we want you to do this every single day. We need you to do this every single day. But if they don't trust you and, and if they don't like you and, it, and as weird as that sounds, you know, they're, they're not going to do it. They're still high school kids and it, it drives me nuts every single day. But when I, when I look back at it, when I get home or over the course of time, I go to my classroom about 640 in the morning, you know, and we have probably 30, 40 kids waiting at my door to put the bags in. They come to my classroom and they just sit there together as a team. It drives me nuts because they're loud as can be at 640. I'm not a great morning guy. But, you know, when I, when I look at it, it's like, you know what, this is where they're comfortable and they trust each other and they want to be around. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and it really did. I mean, like I said, I mean, just, just for me, I mean, I, I really do. I try to, you know, get to know kids, you know, like you said, their home life, their background, whatever they want to share that we can kind of grab them a little bit. Um, that's, you can build the trust. In the, and I think when that trust is built with that kid, I mean, gosh, you, I mean, the sky's the limit for you know, I mean, they're not all going to be professional athletes or college athletes or, or whatever, but there's going to be something that they're successful at and um, helping them reach that. That's, that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, I always tell everybody, we had a ton of kids from our review. I think we had 27 of our 30 seniors in four years move on to play college baseball. And, you know, I tell everybody, it's not because I did it or, or whatever. I mean, they had, they had to throw a pitch, they had to swing a bat, but they're going to work and do the stuff they had to. I mean, I'd, I'll spend hours on the phone, you know, trying to help them. And, you know, same with cross country. I mean, we, we have some runners at some, you know, pretty big V1s right now that are doing fantastic. And it's the same thing, you know, and it's, it's always neat when they, we can't, well, now we can't with, with the COVID 
um, have them come back, but it's always neat to, you know, have a, all these alumni come back and, and share, um, you know, their stories and, you know, where they started when you get those freshmen that first day of, of practice that want to quit and, you know, just hate it. And, you know, to hear, you know, we have a girl who's at um, Iowa State that came back and last year she talked to the kids for a few minutes and she goes, I wanted to quit every second of the day. And, but, you know, and then we went into that whole main, you know, mental capacity of what, how long it really took her to get there. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, honestly, I mean, we were just in Orm, Utah, you know, over the 4th of July with our club team playing there. Is we're, I mean, I'm just sitting there watching, you know, this this pitcher from Orm High School pitch, and I'm, I'm just looking at him like, something doesn't, doesn't look right. You know, a little funky mechanics, whatever it was. Um, third base coach came over and you know, he goes, well, you know, he goes, I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something with his hip that it didn't fully go. So he's like, you know, he had to adapt this. And he goes, you know what? He goes, every, every day, you know, he goes, it's just a blessing for this kid to be on the field. You know, so for me, I kind of stepped back and I'm looking at our dugout. I'm looking at their team with everything going on with the code. I'm like, you know, we're outside playing baseball right now. I mean, you know, where, where else could you be? So, I mean, not even so much, you know, just coaching lessons, but just, you know, it's, it's neat to kind of take a step back and, you know, just appreciate everything, you know, that we, that, that, you know, is going on and, and what we have and, and, you know, getting those, those good little moments. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of, we were just up there as well, playing in a, the pathway tournament. And, yeah. and I think as coaches, we get a little bit, you know, they, they, they had no season this year, right? So they missed their whole year They're They had months off and now these kids are starting to get back. Some of them are playing in some, some of these summer tournaments. Right, right. And that for some reason, we expect them to the light bulb to come on and just all of a sudden, if you're a hitter, all of a sudden you're just supposed to hit, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're a pitcher, all of a sudden you're supposed to throw strikes. Correct. You know, and it's like we got to kind of lay back a little bit like, hey, like these kids are under something that we've never experienced as adult yeah. in our yeah. lifetime. Like, let's just be excited that they're out on the field. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and as, as funny as it is, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, just – I mean, our, our first game, I mean, our kids, I, I, I think we had two hits, whatever it was. And, you know, our kids are frustrated, you know, asking what they did with their swing and what they're doing here. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, we haven't seen a live pitch since March 13th, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's a new front toss and, you know, hitting the cage and do whatever you want. But it's it's, it's so different. And kind of like I was saying earlier, I mean, I think we're just, you know, and I think it's society. I, I know I, I believe big in that it's in sport. We're just such a results-driven society right now that, you know, we – we need it done right away and immediately. And But, yeah, I mean, just to see, you know, at, at the end of the tournament and, you know, just to see the kids' smiles, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I finally got to play baseball again. You know, so it does. It, it, you, you take a step back, like, you know, this is a game that they love, and you know, they, they they finally got to do it. And it, it was it was neat. It was really, really fun to see and neat to see, you know, just the smiles on those kids' faces. No doubt. Yeah, I have, I have a blast going through and, and just coaching when I can. And, uh, you know, I'm not scouting right now, so we're just kind of at home. And, and just to be, you know, the kids even talk about, like, man, we're just excited to be out here. You know, you, you can only play so many video games. And depending on how strict your parents are with going out, you know, with this going on, it seems like things are a little more lax right now. At least I know we are as parents <laughs> with our kids. I, I'm like, we can't, we can't let them go insane while they're in the house right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's – I know we, we've – we let our kids go to the friends' houses a little bit now, and um, but you know it was, uh, you know it's like you said. I mean, it's not it's something we've never gone through. You know, just from an athletic point of view, and um, you know I think the one thing too that 
yeah, okay, we lost baseball or whatever sport it was that you were playing, but, you know, how are 14, 15, 16-year-old kids going to deal with that? You know, I mean, this is something they've always done, you know, even when they're little kids and, you know, they have to go here and do that. But I know for us as as parents, I mean, I think the one thing we try to do is really make them understand, hey, look, this, is, this isn't just happening to you. This is everybody in the country, everybody in the world. Yep. Um, and this is a, a really good, you know, learning experience for you. As, as hard as it is and not being able to do it, joking around with our, our daughter today, you know, she's like, well, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, you got to find something to do. You know, you, you got you to gotta do something. And it's, you know, for the kids that, to be bored, as weird as it sounds, I think it's a good thing for them because they, they you know, they learn a little bit of mental toughness. Like, I have nothing to do. What can I do to make myself better today? Yeah, And um, that was one of the messages we sent out, you know, to our, our athletes, you know, at Centennial, mostly our runners. But, you know, what, what, even though this is going on, what can you do to make yourself a little bit better tough today? What can you do to get better? Um, and, and how can you turn this into a positive? You know, taking the negatives, you know, that if there's so many right now going all, all over. Um, how can you still make yourself better and be a good human being? You know, and that's that's the biggest thing is, absolutely. you know, it, you know, you did something right today and, um, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, whatever, whatever happens, you know, coaching wise, teaching wise, you know, if I could just affect one person, make their life better, then, then I feel like I accomplished something. Again, we, we, we try to put our, you know, athletes in those same, um, mindsets, you know, every single day, you know, athletics are important. You're going to represent your school well, you know, but I want you to be a good human and, and how can you make yourself and someone else better? Yeah, that's great, man. That's awesome. It's cool that you get to do both sides of that in, you know, two different sports, and it's interesting how mindset, mental toughness, how that all, it's all the same, right? It, and it's how you interpret it for your particular sport. Uh, maybe there's different strategies that you would use for baseball that you, maybe you don't use for cross country. Sure. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's about getting after it, right? And, and knowing that you're going to have your bad days, there's going to be obstacles. And what are you going to do when those obstacles come? Absolutely. And, you know, and with, with cross country, it's um, it's a lot different than baseball. You know, I mean, I think the training's very similar, but honestly, I mean, it's it's two o'clock. You know, after uh, you know you've gone to school all day, you ate at ten in the morning, and it's 110 outside. How are you going to accomplish that that day? You know, it's it's hard because you see you see a lot of kids you know break down and and they can't do it, and by the end they can do it, and that's it's just that that really good positive talk and, and that's you know obviously there's always some negative and you got to get after some kids sometimes and but you know for me as a coach I mean you know, I've never been a yeller I've never really been a big screamer probably because when I was in high school our high school coach yelled at us all the time so I was like I, I can't do that but you know for me I've always told our kids you know hey if you make an error you know you make an error I'll talk to you when you get the dugout we'll figure it out but I'm not going to scream at you across the field and you already feel you already feel horrible Everybody in the stadium saw you already make the air. You know, there's no point in going on that. As a pitching guy, you know, I've always I've always let our pitchers and catchers call, you know, their game as, as much as they possibly can because I want them to learn even at a young age. You know, and I've always talked to them about, hey, you're, you, if you get beat, you get beat with your best. You know, if you feel like you still, a, you know, a fastball here and a breaking ball count or, or vice versa, you give up a hit or whatever. If you felt confident and that's what you want, then, then, you know, then, then I'm good with that. You know, and then we'll have a discussion about, you know, why we could have done it this way or a little bit different. But that's, you know, that's kind of been, you know, my whole, you know, I guess coaching philosophy is get beat with your best. Yeah, I joke around with the cross-country kids all the time. Like, you know, if, if me, if I go race these kids right now, they're going to beat me, but I'm going to give everything that I possibly can. We, we've, had, we've had a few 
you know, I guess breakdowns with, with cross country during races, you know, and reading championship, one of our top boys went out, you know, he dropped out of the race. He had a complete mental breakdown. You know, we're still able to advance the state that year. And, you know, it was a really good lesson for him that he went out trying to win the whole race and he had a shot too. And he just, when he felt that he couldn't do it, he, he completely broke down. You know, he fell way back and he ended up being, you know, top five in the state his senior year, you know, ran at West Texas A&M and, and he still talks about that all the day, time. He's like, because that was that was my low point, and I beat my low point. Now I'm able to kind of go and, and go after. And and I think one thing too, you know, is you know, I, I know I've said it a lot, is the culture is you know having support system place. You know, we joke with our kids all the time. Hey, we probably see them sometimes more than their mom and dads do. I mean, mm-hmm. they're there at Centennial at 6:40 in the morning, and they get home at 4 or 4:30. You know, with, with baseball, sometimes I don't think we get home till six. He's got lights, which has been and we're there all day but you know we, we you know having that good support system with coaches I mean kids kids can talk to coaches they can relate to coaches I think to a point but we try to take it a step full, further and have have that support system with each other if it's something that they can you know help out with each other because you know most of those kids are going through the same thing um, they feel the same physically mentally and high school there, there's always something especially with our girls there, there's always something one of my first cross country races I'm sitting there trying to find where the girls are and they were upset because their their bows were wrong wrong color I'm like, hey, we're going to go for a reason championship right now and you're worried about your bows and that was the, that was their mental block mm-hmm. so now we prepare before and they go out and do their things but it's as small as those little things that can just throw them off so having that support system with each other that they can pick each other up is it's it's huge it's 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 enormous so when you're kind of combining these two sports, you know, you, you specialize in baseball, you're a baseball player. What would you say gives them and gives you, you know, your mental edge as you go throughout your day? With, with baseball, what, what, what would give them uh, the edge in baseball? Yeah. You know, for me, I mean, I was a 5'10 right-handed pitcher. You know, I, I was never a big, I wasn't a big draft guy. I wasn't this, wasn't that. I, I try not to ever talk about my my whole career during the whole time. You know, I was, I was fortunate to play minor league baseball for a couple of years, Division One baseball. Um, I'll, I'll tell them stories about it, but I think the thing for me that I really try to get to them, and I'll, and I'll mention a lot, is you know, guys, I'm I'm five ten. Most of you guys are bigger than me, right? Now. <laughs> you know, you guys are bigger than me. You guys probably threw harder than me. But the one thing I knew that I had to do was every every step of the way is I, I had to produce. You know, I, I mean, I just had always had confidence it doesn't matter you know who, who it was that this is this is what I have I have an 88 mile an hour fastball and I'm going to go beat you, you know, I, can, I can throw a slider whenever I want have a change up you know I, I can throw up for a strike but I'm going to go beat you you know if you beat meet me I'm going to tip your hat but I'm going to beat you next time you know honestly one of the one of the big you know influences you know was was, was Mike Littlewood you know my, my sophomore year we were ranked in the top five all year advanced to the junior college world series yeah, I guess two people that year. One was Brandon Lyon, who played in the big leagues for, for a long time. So him and I, I, I was a Friday starter. Brandon was a Saturday starter. So basically started whatever I threw on Friday. You know, if I, if I went seven innings, gave up, you know, no runs, three hits. Brandon was always in my ear. Hey, I'm going to give up one hit or two hits, and, you know, I'm going to beat you. So we went back and forth that year and um, had a bad outing against uh, Eastern Utah. I, I think I went a third of an inning, two-thirds of an inning. I got rocked. I couldn't throw a strike. I mean, I gave him five runs. Coach Littlewood comes out, and he kind of looks at me, and he goes, we'll talk when we get in the dugout. I'm like, okay. Didn't say a word to me the whole rest of the trip. I thought I was in trouble. I thought I was 
you know, I thought I'd never pitch again. You know, just wanting you, you hit those points sometimes. And kind of had a good conversation when we got back to St. George. And, you know, and, and he kind of just reminded me, he's like, hey, you know, he said, you know, Chris Martinez says like this, you know, Brandon Lyon, you're not trying to beat Brandon Lyon. You're trying to beat, you know, everybody else to get us to the World Series. Right. And that was a big, that was a big point for me right there. But for him to, you know, kind of step back and, you know, have confidence right away, put me back in the next week and get after that, that was. So the one thing I think that I really try to tell our kids is, hey, be yourself. You know, you're whoever, you know, Johnny Jones and you throw 78 miles an hour as a, as a sophomore, that's okay. Learn to deal with it and, and learn to be who you are. The X's and O's, teaching them how to throw a curveball, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, or how to locate the fastball, that's important and that's huge. I mean, that's a, that's a majority of it. But I think those kids that, you know, really that we grasp onto for me personally is, you know, just, you know, there, there's a lot of guys like me that, that are, you know, 5'10", 88, that, you know, you know, people will look over, be yourself and, and just do the best you can with what you have and don't try to be someone else. And for me, you know, like I said, you know, I can kind of look back at now and small, you know, minor league career. But, you know, when I look at it, play in a junior college world, world series, be part of the West Coast Conference champion at San Diego and have a college degree and, you know, be able to provide. And that, and that was a path. And I think that's something, you know, I try to tell the kid, you know, there's a spot for you somewhere. You know, you just, you just, you got to, you got to outwork people and have that self-confidence that you feel horrible today, but you know what, you got to go beat somebody. And and it doesn't matter if it's cross country or baseball or whatever. That's the biggest thing. You know, one of the big things I think, you know, even, even from a pitching standpoint is right now, I mean, you know, like I said, we were fortunate. We had Zach Quintana. He was a 94-95 guy. We had Evan McMahon, who was a 90-92. Zach Hartman playing the Angels system. Buddy Board. I mean, we were loaded with arms. Centennial had Michael Wagner for a little bit. And we got some very good young arms right now at Centennial. It's just the day and age, and, and you know this, you know, everybody, how hard do you, how hard do you throw? Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is important, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd love to see a 95 guy compared to a 75-mile-an-hour guy. Um, but at the same time, when you're rearing back and throwing a fastball as hard as you can, it's going to the backstop. It's not, it's not helping the team. You know, there's going to be times for those 94-95s. And, you know, Zach Quintana was, was a very good example where – Every outing, he that, that, and it's hard for us. I mean, I, I think you you probably have this too, and you played. And you got 20, 30, 40 scouts every single game watching you. I mean, he was just he was trying to do too much, and you know, halfway point of the season, we had a good talk, and you know, he he pitched about 86 to 89, and then we had an 0-2 form. Then yeah, let it go. Then mm-hmm. flash from 94. Then flash from 95. And then that 87, 88, whatever it was, turned into 91, 92, and he could pitch, and then. And then it took off. But that's that's the biggest thing I think that that I've, I've always tried to do is, you know, try to get through the kids. Hey, man, just, just be yourself. You know, this is who you are. You know, this is what your tools are right now. We said earlier, we got some late bloomers and you got kids who bloom in seventh grade and the physicality might not be there yet, but it's going to be there eventually. Yeah. So, you know, the game, love the game, be yourself. Well, just get after it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big part of too, when, when kids get so worried about getting drafted or, or getting to that real big college that they, they might not just be ready physically or mentally. And most of them are, are ready mentally to go hand. They have no clue what they're getting themselves into, <laughs> Absolutely. especially if they had it really easy at the high school level, you know, yeah. there wasn't much discipline. They kind of do whatever they want. Um, then when a coach gets on them, their eyes kind of like, whoa, and then they don't know how to react to that, you know, and then they can kind of certainly start to spin out of control a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kids going away for their first time and, you know, and as weird as it sounds, just being able to wake themselves <laughs> up and, you know, do their own laundry, make sure they're eating, getting to bed right. I mean, ab absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, Chris, man, this has been awesome. A lot of great information. I love how we were able to incorporate both some baseball and some cross country because at the end of the day, this all applies to the same thing and, and working on the mental game, working on all aspects of your life, right, to help improve and get better. Uh, but this has been great, man. I appreciate you coming on board. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it a ton. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Okay, we'll see you later. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. You know, if you had any experience playing a sport while growing up, or even now, you know, have a kid playing a sport, you know how important the mental game is. You know, there are many that say it's at least 60% of their sport, and some will even say it's as high as about 90%. So if the consensus is it's at least 60% of your game, no matter what sport, what are you or what are your son, you know, your daughter doing to work on the mental game? I want to help you out or your athlete out. As I work with athletes at all different ages, they are all different as far as their engagement in a group setting or in one-on-ones. To help give athletes some options, I wanted to hit on doing mental training on their own time, one-on-ones, or even in a group setting. So I wanted to give you some options. My first option is my online course where I created over 40 videos where your athlete can watch learn, and go through these videos at their own pace. I would think and say that this is great for those athletes that don't want to be a part of a group setting or they have thoughts, you know, they don't want anyone to know that I'm actually working on my mental game. Now, these videos come in a yearly membership where they watch the videos, they have access to me through email during the duration of their membership, and they get a one one-on-one -on -one call per year. And this is a membership. It's $199 per year. So more, for more information on that, go to mentaledge.training. The second option is for those that really liked engagement. I've been doing live weekly online calls where I pick a topic to coach on. I engage and ask questions with the athletes on how this applies to them. They take notes in their mental game journal and they work on that particular skill or the topic I give them for that week. Now, this option is a membership as well, and it's $13.99 a month. I also do get a lot of inquiries about one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as team coaching. I do do those as well. So you can email me at chad at mentaledge.coach for more details on that. But if you want more information on the links on these memberships that I have, click on the show notes and I can give you all that information there on those websites. But I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. I do want to make this better. I would love to hear any comments, any suggestions you have where I can make this podcast even better for you and to help you out. I also want to let you know that all these interviews in, on this podcast are also in video form on YouTube. And if you go search Mental Edge Training Coach, all these interviews will be there as well. So again, thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.